Hello, and welcome to this podcast on digital literacies and public libraries. My name is Clarice, and I think first it will be helpful if I explain why I think this topic is relevant in addition to my personal experience with this topic. So I have been working at the public library for just over three years, and I have been studying to complete my master's in library and information science part-time over the past two years. The public service aspect and helping in the public library is what really drew me into getting my MLIS, and it's really what appeals to me the most about library work. As most library assistants, I started off as a casual, picking up temporary positions along the way. Um, this was really interesting because it allowed me to work at many different branches in the city and get to see how different communities have different needs. The library I currently work at is different from most other libraries I've worked at in the city, as the staff at this branch get asked for a lot more help than other branches, and the majority of that help requested is for assistance with technology, which is something I find both challenging and rewarding. Uh, they can also be really rewarding because many people come to the library for tech help because they have nowhere else to go. And it's really amazing to be that one person that can help with something either important that a patron needs or even just to discover a new skill online that they wouldn't have been able to without your help. That being said, I've found that there is a bit of a disconnect between the way we talk about technology in libraries, both in library school and also from upper management in the planning process, which is something that we're currently talking about a lot in my library since we're undergoing our strategic plan renewal. Technology, especially the use of the internet as a source of information, has undoubtedly caused a major shift in how librarians provide access to information and also how patrons and the public access that information. Libraries have undergone these recent changes to adjust to this new shift. However, it's all still very new and something we should still be talking about. I think there are many layers to digital literacy, the first of which being access to technology. And I think the library does a really good job at providing access to both computers and internet for patrons. Also, I think we have at the top these more ethical concerns, such as privacy violations, open access, misinformation, and scams, all of which are topics that are quite extensively talked about in library school. However, I still feel like there's this middle road where that doesn't get discussed very often. Things such as computer skills, uh, knowing how to use the fine motor aspects of technology like typing or knowing when to double click or even just using the software, knowing how to attach documents to an email, downloading something, uploading something, printing, scanning. These are all things that don't get talked about a lot yet are things that I find myself doing every day in the library. For this podcast, I really wanted to examine how the library is currently doing concerning digital literacy and what direction we should consider heading in. To do this, I will be using my own personal experience, as well as input from my coworkers at the library, to gather perspectives of what the situation is like in the library right now, and what we would like to see for the future in order to do our jobs better. I decided to interview these coworkers for my podcast, not only due to convenience sampling, but also because as I explained earlier, this branch that we all work at experiences the most tech questions compared to any other branch that we've all worked at. So I thought they would be the perfect people to have this conversation with. First, please allow me to introduce my colleagues that will be offering their expert perspectives to this podcast. I've also asked them to briefly discuss their own relationship with technology, because I feel personal experience often really shapes the way that we interact with our patrons and the services that we provide. I'm Taffy Maposa. I have worked um, for Pub London Public Library for nine years, and um, I've only worked as a library assistant. I use tech quite a bit 
Um, I use tech because um, I, I also work as an artist, so I use a lot of tech in my work. Um, I use things like Canva or Photoshop, um, and uh, I also use some of those technologies at, at work as well. Well, hello, my name is Shanda Cahill. I am a public services librarian, aka a children's librarian, and I've worked at the London Public Library for over five years now. When I first started, I was working at the Landon Library as a children's librarian, and then I took on a job as the labs librarian at the Central Branch. Um, and then after the pandemic, came back to children's librarianship as I had just started my own family and felt that calling to come back to that position. I have always enjoyed technology when I was doing my MLIS. At Western, I tried to take as many technology-related courses as possible. So that was uh, digital libraries and web design. And back when I was starting, Gordon Nickerson did weekly tech classes. So he would dive into Excel and other programs like that. And that was right up my alley. So I thoroughly enjoyed it and wanted to incorporate tech in my position. So when they created a new position as a labs librarian, I jumped on it because I was really intrigued with um, all that emerging technology, whether it be 3D printers, the cricket machine, um, podcast, sound recording, and uh, yeah, I, I certainly like technology. I um, enjoy helping patrons with their tech questions, um, especially with their Kobos or if they have anything to do with databases. I often did that as a book a librarian when I was working at the Central Branch. People specifically requested that I would take those tech-related questions. I'm Olivia Stedman. I'm the supervisor of the Beacock Public Library. Um, I've worked for LPL for 23 years. Uh, I started as a um, summer read facilitator at the Crouch Branch, and then I enjoyed that. So um, while I was working at Chapters, I took a casual position at the library and started as a library assistant for about 15 years and then went back to library school and became a children's librarian and then a supervisor. I have a love-hate relationship with technology. I'm not super comfortable with technology and uh, I don't pick it up as quickly as others i obviously it's necessary and it's we deal with it on a daily basis so you know kind of forced to get comfortable with it so my name is eugenia i've been working at the library for about 20 years i started off uh, as a casual and then i worked at crouch and i worked at cirque and then i worked back at beacock and then i went back to central and i'm i went to east london and i've been all over the place um yeah so uh, i'm a library assistant and um yeah, that's my job. So I have a love-hate relationship with technology. Um, basically, I love to hate it. But I, um, I've i never been a person who's been drawn to gadgets or, you know, this idea of like, I want everything to be easy and fast. I like reading a book, like a paper book. And I like having a paper planner. And so I've never really gravitated towards technology. So I, I still have a flip phone. I'm the only person under the age of 60 that I know that has a flip phone. So obviously working in the library, I've had to adapt, be more um, open to technology and troubleshooting with technology. And so that has been a little bit of an uphill battle for me. It's definitely not my favorite part of the job. As mentioned before, at this library branch, we get asked a lot of tech questions. When I started as like a permanent uh, employee in the library, I started at Westmount Library, which is now Boswick. And I found that like, when I was working there, I didn't really have a lot of like tech questions. People seemed to just, you know, get on the computer or use whatever technology was in the library and like they were fine. Like they could just use it without much help or without any help at all. Um, but uh, um, so since starting at Beacock, um, I noticed that 
our patrons require a lot of help with like using technology um so the photocopier um the printer and you know just logging into email for example might be um challenging for some of our patrons other questions we get are just how to find their usb um device um because it's not very clear or how to just how to save a document right like how to save a document if somebody's working on a on a on an assignment and they need to save their document as they go you know one of the things that were kind of a challenge is that patrons would save their files directly onto the computer and then they would you know maybe walk away for a few minutes come back the computer shut down and all of their work is gone <laughs> so i definitely have a range of questions based on the positions that i worked in um, when i worked at the central branch on the floor oftentimes it had to do with and this was the same at the branches as well um, questions regarding how to go on the internet how to print off documents really basic questions how to even put money into the photocopier or printer to print out documents um, how to log into email which was always a very difficult one to solve with the password and that trying to explain what that meant and how we didn't have access to those passwords um, a lot of photocopying a lot of the questions that the public comes up to the front desk um, are not so much like how to search databases but more just basic computer skills that they just haven't learned haven't been taught there's definitely um, a generational gap and um, often we find that seniors are so appreciative of everything that we do when we walk them through just photocopying documents one time I had a woman who was crying her husband had passed away she gave me a big hug she couldn't thank me enough for just helping her do something as simple as photocopying for us that we do every single day um, so we make a big difference in people's lives and there's definitely a digital divide that we're experiencing and even more so now that we have experienced COVID and everything is moving online I think back to as well printing off all of the um, those COVID-19 passports and just how simple it is for us but what a difference it makes for people who don't have that technology who don't have that background and how frustrating it can be because everything's moved online. I think at this particular location and it does differ um, this particular location it's a lot of technological help people needing help with the printer, needing help with the computer. Um, I had someone who needed help uh, printing off PDF files. We get asked all kinds of technology questions from um, how to indent a line on Word to um, attaching documents to um, uh, like photocopying, scanning, faxing, um, all sorts of things. But all the way up to I had a whole conversation with someone the other day about the 3D printer and how it worked. and. Um, they were asking how to send in files and, you know, how to create things um, with Tinkercad and Thingiverse and, um, yeah, so it's quite the spectrum of technology type questions. The reasons why a patron may require assistance with technology or the reasons why patrons find technology challenging in the first place can be quite varied. It can certainly be overwhelming if you've never used that technology before. Um, and oftentimes we are very approachable staff at the library, but people still, you know, are afraid to come up and ask questions or embarrassed to ask questions about something that can be so simple. They think it is, but they just don't have the understanding. And so just to um, 
kind of give them that confidence to treat them with respect and listen to their needs really makes a big difference. When, you know, I was fortunate to grow up in a time when uh, technology really started off, the computers and all that, so I grew up with it and I have a very good understanding of it and I've taken courses and I can just imagine how difficult it is for someone who's never had a computer um, now having to move everything, everything's been moving online, um, coming in trying to get information printed off, um, send an email, download ebooks, audiobooks on their device that their grandson or granddaughter gave them and have no idea how it works. Um, the world has just moved so fast recently and with the ever-changing technology, um, a lot of people are just falling, falling through the cracks. I think making it user-friendly enough so that it's available for people across the board. Um, I think sometimes us as staff, we struggle figuring out our technology. So imagine a patron who is just walking through our doors having to figure out our photocopier or figure out how to print from their phone. Like it's quite overwhelming. And I think for most people, um, you know, technology either comes naturally or it doesn't. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they only access things on their phone. So the idea of having to go onto a computer to get into their email or even remember their email password, these are all limitations. And so I think getting it as streamlined as possible and as simple as possible is key. And adding the level, like adding the other step of having to pay, you know, sometimes our debit works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we have to override it, sometimes we don't. And so all of that can be challenging. And if a patron doesn't feel comfortable already, it just puts them in a more awkward situation. I think I just just being able to navigate things is probably one of the biggest barriers. Like I mentioned with the USB, like you have to find this folder that says, you know, other applications, but that wouldn't that that wouldn't uh, communicate to a patron right away that this is where you would find whatever file you're looking for because it just has other applications. Um, so I think just the way things are laid out um, like, yeah, just navigating things on like the desktop can be challenging or our website. We haven't even gone into our website. <laughs> not very user friendly. And, uh, you know, it's not just our website, even like the government website, which most of uh, many of our patrons just, you know, because of where we are, we have a lot of patrons who need to get onto the government website, but then they don't know where to where to start. And then even with us staff, like we don't even know when we get on there, like where to start and um, kind of the workaround for that is just Googling things. So like for our website, if it's looking for a program or for something in the database, just typing out in Google, London Public Library, and then the name of what you're looking for. Actually, like there was a, a, um, a patron that was in the other day who needed to print something and she was told to, she's told by somebody else to come into the library because, you know, the library will just be able to do this for you. So I think, <laughs> That's another issue where it's like people are just being sent to the library because like, you know, the library is where you'll, they'll just do it for you. I, I think it, it's a comfort level. It's, you know, if they don't have it at home and it's not something they use all the time, then it's definitely an uncomfortable, you know, interaction with a piece of technology. We hear it all the time. People saying, um, you know, I'm just so, I don't know what to do with computers. I don't know how to do this. When, you know, quite possibly if they just sat down and tried, they would be just fine. But they just ha immediately have this panic and like, I just, I can't do it. I, I just don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, but, you know, oftentimes the 
just you know giving it a try because sometimes I don't know any more of what needs to happen than they do but I'm just willing to play around with it and know that I'm not going to break it by figuring something out so I think that is the biggest barrier is people just don't have a comfort level with the technology if they don't have access to it on a daily basis. I think a big reason why people struggle with technology is that they've gone through a big part of their life not relying on it and especially in recent years many things now require people to do things online. I think it's putting people in these positions where their first encounter with technology is at a necessity rather than for fun or a low pressure situation. Many people find themselves in these situations where they need to scan this and email it or fill it out online and they don't know how to do it and it scares and frustrates them. Similarly, I think we as staff also have barriers that we have to overcome in order to help these patrons with their tech questions. I think the big one is time. Uh, I mean, a lot of patrons require very specific one-on-one time for things and sometimes that's available and sometimes it's not. Uh, I also think depending on their level of comfort. I mean, we literally have people walk through the door who who can barely type. So if they're looking to fill out a form online or, you know, start an email account or whatever, it can be it can be very time consuming. So I think time is the big one. I also think like someone like me, and then not everyone is included in this, obviously, but I don't deal with technology at home very often. And so it doesn't come naturally to me. And so this assumption that all staff need to have the answers to every question when it comes in, you know, troubleshooting and things like that, it can, for me anyway, feel very overwhelming. Um, I think, yeah, in terms of resources, I mean, there's so many like things that we could offer to patrons that we're just not, we're not providing. It, this goes into a whole conversation about who yeah, exactly who makes the decisions at the top. And then we just kind of like have to deal with whatever decisions are made. And they're not always made with the, with staff in mind. They're not always made with patrons in mind. It's just, you know, more budget friendly or whatever. Well, it's our own comfort level. I mean, as you say, some people are more comfortable than others, you know, trying to solve the problem. Um, yeah, I think I think that's our biggest barrier, but it's also, you know, if people aren't even willing to try on the tech, then sometimes our backs just get up because it's like, it's just, it's sometimes very simple answers to the question. And if you, you know, just looked at the screen or read the signs or, you know, followed the directions that are available to you, you would probably solve your own problem. Um, but people are so nervous about doing something wrong with tech that they do nothing and then expect us to basically do it for you. And yeah, we, we have other things to do. So it's balancing, you know, assisting people with, you know, the rest of our job. And if they would just, you know, take a couple steps on their own, it would, it would be an easier way to assist them. I think it has to do with staffing. We just, there are so many different components to our job. And as much as we would like to provide a lot of assistance and service, we just don't have the time to sit with people for a half hour and help them navigate uh, their emails or, or do other tasks on the computer. And it is, it is a struggle. I agree with my colleagues here. Often we are not given enough time to be able to sit down with patrons as they want. We currently have more of a self-serve model in the library where we provide the access to the computers and internet, but we're not really meant to be helping with what's on the computer. It's actually not part of any of our job descriptions to help with tech questions outside the library databases and software. As a result, we do not receive any formal training on how to help with a lot of the tech questions we get asked, nor are we officially given the time to answer them. 
As mentioned previously, however, many people come to the library for help because they have no one else to turn to. Therefore, it can be really difficult to turn people away, even though it does mean staff are using their own technological skill set, which can be a challenge. There's also additional pressure as the tech questions patrons are coming in for help with are becoming more and more essential parts of life. Things like housing application, patient applications for doctors, vaccine receipts, legal forms, applying for job, OSAP applications, and so on are all things that we've assisted with this month, yet, again, are not part of our job description. The more recent implementation of the internet has led to some cultural shifts uh, that I think the library workers have to keep up with. For me, I've started to feel pressure when answering reference questions that I need to be faster than Google something that I don't think library workers in the past had to deal with. Uh, many of my coworkers also have worked for long enough to see these changes themselves. I actually worked at the library when there was only a card catalog that you literally needed to look through. Um, in high school, I worked at my county library as a page and um, it was just a card catalog and we used to you know, stamp the dates in the books. Um, and people were much more patient then because they weren't expecting immediate answers. They, you needed to look through several different drawers to find the answer or you were just familiar with your collection enough that you you knew exactly where the you know soccer books were um, and you could just take them there instead of having to look it up but I think people were way more patient then because they were amazed at what you could find in this card catalog because they had no idea how to use it whereas now we have so many people with computers in their pockets and they just assume that we are professionals and know how to do that 10 times faster than they do and the expectation that uh, we know everything about everything and we really just know a little bit about everything. <laughs> People want a lot of information and they want it quickly, now. Whereas I think when I first started at the library, uh, there was much more this sense of like, you know, you would take out a couple of books and then you'd return a couple. Like it wasn't this like, I'm going to take out 20, you know, 20 of this or 20 of that. Or So the excess of stuff that, that's being checked out and returned is a lot bigger. So that can also leave time consuming. Um, I also, when I started here, there was VHS tapes, FYI. And I, uh, so that's how long it's been. And so obviously, you know, the internet was not a huge thing when I, when I started here. I mean, people had email accounts and Facebook was just starting, believe it or not. So I, all of that has, has built up. And so there is this idea that we are, it's like a wave and we're supposed to just ride the wave. But the reality is we're not getting more staff. The, the level of questions are, are more tricky and they take more time and yet people like I said want more quicker so I mean when I first started the majority of my questions were reference the majority of my questions were questions about library programming you know I have a five-year-old what books would you recommend things like that now it's very much leaned into sort of a more technological computer-based help me with printing you know I need resources online so that's a huge shift. Um, I also feel like like everything's supposed to be faster, like even with the quick picks and things like that. I mean, back in the day, you just waited for your hold. <laughs> you just waited. <laughs> and I feel like I remember when uh, when the Da Vinci Code came out and there was like 400 holds on it and everyone was like, put me on the list. Like now there's no way someone would wait that long for, for an item. They just wouldn't. I also want to make one point because in the beginning, I feel like when I started at the library, the library was like a hub, like especially at Crouch, like there was kids there every day. It was very family oriented. It was very program oriented. Um, so there wasn't really a focus on on digital necessarily. Um, it was more just a place to hang out. Whereas now it's like everybody on their own computer, everybody on their own on their own laptop. You know, it's, it's not 
so communal. Mm, yeah, I would certainly have to say mobile devices. That is a big shift. Individuals coming in wanting to print off documents from their phone and oftentimes don't understand the need to save that document to their phone, trying to retrieve the document, then send it in to our printer system. And the tricky part is um, I could certainly do it a lot faster for them, but we have to not only teach them, but we have to respect their privacy so we can't touch their devices. Um, and and that, is, that is very tricky trying to explain all of those steps um, while they have the device in their hand. Another thing too I've seen is definitely an increase of e-readers and e-reader questions that come in. And it's, it's very difficult to answer those questions on the phone when patrons call um, because you're trying to look at the screen and ask them what they see and they're not always looking in the same spot. Um, and you can spend a lot of time on these these phone questions and sometimes it's just maybe it's best that you come in or you take the time to book a librarian um, and I find that having that technology myself and you know exploring it on my own time has made me a lot stronger and able to answer those questions but not everyone has access to that type of technology too so the expectation that staff can just you know help someone with their device their Kobo when they walk in that's that's a lot we have to have time to explore that technology um, and we're really busy <laughs> expectations have definitely changed for people um, I think that people um, expect that we should be able to just get things done right away I like like what you said about like expecting us to be like Google right it's instant you get your answer right there and um, it doesn't work like that for us right we're human and like you know and we have to go in and like google things right for patrons so um it just feels like we're at the whim of so many things yeah just the expectation that we should just know how to navigate the thing that they that they need right like i should just know how to navigate whatever website technology and digital literacy are complicated topics for many people technology is a door to infinite possibilities and to others it's a barrier locking them out from participating fully in society for some it brings a lot of joy and for others it brings a lot of stress for some it brings a sense of community and for others a sense of division as i've explained earlier many essential services have started requiring the use of the internet to participate in I think this is mainly due to the fact that it is cheaper and easier for companies and organizations to have things done online by their clients rather than hiring on more customer support staff. I also think the COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated this trend as social distancing, layoffs, and working from home became strategies to help slow the spread. As things have started going back to normal, companies have not been jumping back on board to provide non-internet support for their customers, and I see it reflected in the type of tech questions we get asked at the library. However, this issue is beyond the library and it affects more than just us. Even though libraries have arguably helped ease this issue of access for computers and the internet, there is still a divide that exists with the knowledge of how to use computers. I'm wondering what people think of the ethics of this seemingly everything moving to require the use of the internet, despite a digital divide. When companies have nothing to lose and only to gain from moving into online services, I think it's important to take a step back and consider the ethics behind this decision. Yeah, I, um, I think it's heartbreaking that it's unethical to force everyone to now, you know, find everything online. Yeah, sure, it is the cheaper option, but we have people who have absolutely no idea how to use a computer and how are they supposed to get the services they desperately need to survive. And so they come in and they are so stressed out 
and it uh, it actually just it breaks my heart because it's not the way that the world should be run we don't want you know people who are typically seniors yes like you were talking about um you know there's there's scams out there and they can't access what they need and so we can help them and that's what's so important about the library is to kind of bridge that gap to be there to find those forms to find that phone number just ways that people can work around just doing things online because they can't do things online there's so many there's so many factors that have gone into like this acceleration of like technology that it's never I don't want to say that it's never, but it, it feels like it's not really people focused. It's mostly like, yeah, like if it's it, corporation focused, like they're saving money, right? By like taking away like tangible kind of ways of getting the service that you need, like going to a person. Um, it's just easier to just go online, but like I, that's got, that's not focused on the customer really i don't find it ethical that where it's you know people are being forced to have to like rely on the internet to get things done no i think we still need to have um the basics available like telephone numbers and um things like that because there is still such a divide i mean when tax season comes around and we have so many people coming in that don't have any internet they don't have an email and some of them don't even have a phone number and they're trying to file their taxes by, through a free volunteer service, um, you realize that's where you really see the divide. Um, you know, because usually the tax volunteer would um, send the results back to the person um, by email. And if they don't have that, they need to have a phone number. And if they don't have that, they have nothing. And there's no way to contact them, um, which, I mean, it's basically mandatory to fill out taxes so there should be some other way that it can be done whether that needs to be over the phone or there just needs to still be those options available um, because we're, we're still at a divide and we're also still at an age where I mean I didn't have computers when I went to university <laughs> um, you I had a typewriter um, and I had a very basic computer where all you could do was like a word and an email and that was it so I mean at my age like there's still a lot of people older than me that did not grow up with computers. It's not intuitive. It's not part of their life. Um, I just don't think we're at the point yet where enough people are on board that you can get rid of those services. A perfect example is our access magazine. We used to have an access magazine. It would come out quarterly and it basically had a rundown of all the programs at all the different libraries. We had information on the back, our hours, you know, basic information, locations, things like that. Then COVID came, that went away and it's never come back. And I think it's a huge void. I think it's a huge void for patrons when they come into the library. I think um, when they're making a new library card, for example, it was a really um, positive, good feature to be able to say, here, look, we have all of our information all in one spot. Um, we had ones where the it was like dual language, so that we had different languages that we could give them of like location hours and basic information. I think this idea that everyone's just supposed to run to the website and look all the stuff up on their own, I don't think it's practical and I don't think it's typical. I think a lot of people want paper copies of things. I think a lot of people, uh, I, I know, for example, my parents, they don't have social media platforms. Um, so for them, you know, this idea that like, oh, well, everything's online. Well, that doesn't work for them. You know, um, they were making an appointment at the bank and the guy's like, oh, could you do a Zoom call? And my mom's like, no, I have to go to the bank and meet with someone. And so this idea that like, like you were saying, you know, they got away with it for a period of time and now the chickens are coming home to roost but this idea that like we basically are ignoring a huge chunk of the population and we're also ignoring 
people's general kind of preference. Like, if they don't want the Axis magazine, they don't have to take it. But I think the majority of people do want it. I know I do. Spectrum was the same. I mean, there's a lot of examples of that. Um, I think more and more this idea that everything, especially when it comes to government um, forms and things like that, that it's all online. I don't think that that's practical for a lot of people. Uh, I know with my passport and stuff like that, like, you know, some people would prefer to do it online, but some people don't. They want to have a paper copy. So I think, I don't know if it's this year or next year, there's going to be um, a shift so that everyone's tax returns are supposed to come virtual. And I know that that's going to be a huge factor for a lot of patrons who either don't have an email, don't want to have an email, or this idea that they don't have access to digital resources. And oftentimes they look at the library as, as a helping hand. But once again, we go back to that idea of, do we have the time? Um, do we have the resources? So, I mean, personally, as someone who does not like, uh, who's not drawn to the sort of digital realm, I don't think it should be forced upon us. I always think that there should be an option. I think if we are looking at um, being inclusive and, and allowing access to all, we need to have physical forms. There seems to be a consensus that this increasing requirement to use the internet is unethical. However, libraries themselves cannot change this, rather it's something that we do need to learn to adapt to. The library is meant to be a place for all, and maintaining a pleasant and welcoming environment for everyone with their unique needs is one of the biggest challenges libraries face, especially when considering the digital divide. There is a lot of talk within the library about what new technologies we should consider adding, which I agree with. However, there is never explicitly said what aspects of the library we should protect from the internet. Some people do not want to use the internet, potentially because of a disability that affects their ability to use the technology physically, or a lack of experience, or scared of running into misinformation scams, or maybe they just don't want to. The library has a responsibility to offer equitable access to information. Is it time to start talking about what internet-free access to information needs to be protected? Yes, there is definitely a focus on what new technologies we should have because we want to be exciting. We want to be a place where people can go who wouldn't have access to that technology um, so they can learn on it and do coding and maybe it'll inspire them. Um, maybe it'll help their career path going forward. Um, but there is a lot to be said about keeping things um, more of a, like we, we do really need to ensure that everyone can access our information. We can't just jump into um, new technologies, that's the way to go, because then we'll lose so much of our our patron population. We The libraries do see a lot of um, senior population, not all of them are very um, tech savvy. There certainly are a lot of tech savvy seniors, but then how are they going to find the library and find it useful for them if they can't access it? I don't think that we should think um, that we should abandon one for the other i feel like they can just coexist right like if the if we want to get those new technologies great but it doesn't mean that we have to get rid of other technologies that have been working for people um like one of the things that came to mind was the fax machine like we get asked so many times if we have fax and like people still need that like people still need to be able to fax things like government documents there's so many government documents that require like you're required to fax them in like you're what is it called for osap right like you're you, you're still like you still have to fax that in so like why would we get rid of something that's necessary and again it kind of goes back to like the well, who are, are we really thinking about customers and patrons when we are like getting rid of those things this idea of wanting new and better can we just have what we have work like 
Can we have printers that like work and photocopiers that work and computers that work? Can that be like the first step before we like launch things into space? No, I, I think it always has to be available. Um, I mean, in, at least in my lifetime, I think it will be, um, will be a necessity. Um, there's just too much of a divide. I mean, we still have people that come in every day and borrow the newspaper and read the physical newspaper because they won't read it online and they want their daily news. Um, there's so many other ways to get that information, but they like the act of coming into the library, saying hi to everyone, getting their newspaper, sitting down. It's part of their routine and it might be the only time that day they talk to anyone else. Um, so having, you know, those kind of options available that, you know, aren't just sitting on your device doing everything by yourself. I think it leads to community, it leads to getting, you know, making those connections and, you know, still brings them to the library. <laughs> I mean, there's always that debate about, you know, once Google took off, then we would be non-existent. And that just hasn't been the case because there's still so many people that are either reluctant to use Google or just like things the old fashioned way. Now that we have a little more context into the current situation in libraries regarding technology, we can now start considering the future. Wondering what everyone would change about how technology is currently handled in the library, if they could. You know me, I, um, it's not even so much technology, it'd, it'd be more the technological support, having more tech tutors, having more options for, for like one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I would just really like a printer that works and it would be nice if our scanning process wasn't so complicated or even just to have the availability to set up little labs you know little computer hubs of a bunch of laptops for kids that did want to come in and play together or you know have like social situations like that I think that would be nice I don't know how this is possible but I would like our well our interface anyway to get into the computers to be much more user-friendly um, it just seems it just seems to take too long and then the fact that when they click the internet it goes to the library website which obviously we want to promote ourselves but then if they're not familiar with how to search online, they get stuck in the in the library website and can't get out of it because they're searching for Ford Mustangs in our in our catalog instead of, you know, searching on, on you know, Google or a different website. Um, I just think that the they just need to be much more user friendly for people that don't know how to use it. You know, the average user can figure out how to get to Google, but that's not who we help. In, you know, on a daily basis. Interfaces in general need to think about the, the the basic technology user and not us using it with patrons because we can figure things out. It's being able to have someone figure it out on their own is what we need. Um, just having accessible technology um, is one thing that comes to mind. Just over again over covid i know we had this conversation before but like we just don't have like an accessible computer anymore and it's just being just and reintroducing that like a like a large format keyboard and like a station where you can actually sit down and scan your documents instead of having to rely on just a photocopier that is great you know bringing things in like again like adobe like the full like if we could get like the full adobe suite that would be amazing <laughs> um bringing kind of new tech hubs so not everything is located just at the central library kind of sharing those really amazing adobe um, creative software computers so that we have access to them at the branches because not everyone can make their way to the central library downtown um, so having something in their neighborhood, something that's easy to get to would be fabulous. Um, if we had kind of like mini makers 
at certain quadrants throughout the uh, throughout London that would be so beneficial and I think it would be very inspiring for our patrons. Considering everything that's been said, is the library moving in the right direction considering digital literacy? I think we would be heading in the right direction if we were able to just kind of assess what communities need as opposed to what we think <laughs> they require. Um, I think a lot of people are getting left behind. Um, definitely think seniors are getting left behind into this, but probably like rural folks are getting left behind with like technology. <laughs> I think I, I wish that more people were making decisions that worked in the day-to-day -day library experience. Because I feel like a lot of decisions are made from the top, like when we got all those laptops, and they're not really thought of functionally. Um, I mean, I think we're heading in a, in a good direction. It's bittersweet for me, because as, as like an old 90-year-old woman at heart, I, I don't necessarily want the library to become this digital mecca, but I know that that's what everything is leaning towards. Um, I just think things need to, decisions need to be made practically, and they need to make sense for the community that that exists in that library, you know? Like I said, you know, <laughs> this idea of like, oh, make everything, you know, top of the line, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but if, if it's not gonna work right, or if it's not gonna be simple or practical, then I don't know. To me, it just doesn't make much sense. But like, we were talking about getting 3D printers at all the branches. Well, the idea of that is awesome, but like, patrons can't work a regular printer. How are we, how, how's that gonna work? You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. It just makes me a bit nervous. Um, in terms of Left Behind, I'd like to see more print resources available for um, showcasing our programs that we're having at the library and other um, interesting tidbits about the library space. And then I'm also you know, optimistic after our staff development day, sharing ideas about some technology that would be beneficial at the library and hearing um, support from those in management positions. Um, my fingers are crossed and I think we can do some great things here. Um, I think we definitely need to reevaluate it more. Um, the push is is cutting edge technology, we're going to be so exciting, all this amazing stuff, um, with the assumption that staff will be helping all those patrons learn this technology. Um, but then you still have the basic user that can't figure out the enter button, um, and we're just going to be helping them more and more. Well, you know, those that, that are comfortable with the technology, which is not our majority, um, are just sailing off into the sunset on new technology. Um, yeah, the, I think the divide will will get greater and greater as we go forward um, with this new exciting technology. And is this new new technology going to be out for the public? Are we going to have crickets and 3D printers and things like that out for the public to use? Or is that all falling on the staff to have them available um, and be showing patrons how to use them and you know walking them through all of this? It's just like another photocopier. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I actually do see us moving generally in the right direction. I know a big question upper management posed during staff development day was how to move forward with blending programming, offering both in-person and online programs for increased access. I think this is a good example of how to move forward, blending the two worlds of technology and in-person services in an equitable way. I do think we also need to speak up and advocate more for the resources our community needs. If they need more help with technology questions, then we should be able to offer them the support that they need. And lastly, what do you want to see for the future for libraries and technology? I really would like to see like the balance of like uh, newer technologies, but also like let's keep, if our mandate is that we want to be like user first, then yes, that should that should be the focus also when we're looking into like technology and like 
you know, maybe it means um, taking a survey of like, you know, what people, I think that's it, right? Like, you need to know what, what people need. Yeah, and, uh, you know, instead of just, you know, thinking that we know what's best for people, it's like asking them what do they need and then just being able to provide that. So let's keep a balance of like new technology and like older technology and let's not completely phase like that older technology out because that means we're leaving people out <laughs> and, and definitely not an equitable way of doing things. Um, I would like to see librarian positions that were tech specific. Um, because we have a great divide right now between our branch librarians. There are some that are very comfortable with tech um, and therefore do the tech programming. But then we have a whole another section of the city where those librarians are not comfortable with tech and therefore not doing those kinds of programming. And so those kids are either coming to the locations with that programming or they're just missing out. And so if there were tech librarians that would go around and do the programming through the entire system, it would take the pressure off the branch librarians having to learn and keep up with all this tech when it's not in their wheelhouse. Um, not everybody went to library school because they were comfortable with tech. It's just how it is. So, you know, and they might not be comfortable, they might be comfortable using it, they might not be comfortable teaching it. I mean, kids can learn very quickly and even, you know, Shanda, our branch librarian, who's very comfortable with tech, by the end of doing the, um, the bits, she had um you know the kids were far more advanced than what she was planning on teaching because they picked it up so quick um and so the next time she does that kind of program she's gonna have to up her game because those kids have already figured it out um, so but if you had someone that just knew the very basics of what that does those kids would you know surpass her in, in the hour program um but so you need people that are very interested in the tech comfortable in the tech to go around and do that kind of programming i kind of like that idea of having um, you know how we have like, we used to have the 3D printer as like a rotating program. I like the idea of like doing a virtual reality, um, you know, stuff that like maybe some kids couldn't afford to have or couldn't afford to play with. And that would be something really cool and interesting. I know we used to, back in the day, we used to project video games on the big screen and then have like a bunch of kids playing them. Stuff like that would be kind of cool. As for adults, I just think maybe if not all the computers, but having some of the computers that have maybe programs that are, are like you said, a bit more advanced. For people that need to use them for things like that and like i said for me for the kids like i i, I feel like this idea that like oh uh, the kids are already on technology all the time well not all the kids are like i'm sure if you were to do surveys of some of the kids living in this area not all of them have computers at home or have access to video games or things like that and it would be kind of cool to have that as an option you know for a saturday for example when we know that there's going to be a lot of kids for me i would like to see the library offer more fun ways to interact with technology especially for adults as I mentioned earlier, when someone's first experience with technology is a stressful situation, that does not exactly set them up for liking technology going forward. I think we could almost take a similar approach to how children's librarians approach their jobs. For a children's librarian, their main job isn't to make children the most efficient readers or to learn the most. It's to set them up to become lifelong readers. We should be creating stress-free environments where people can engage with technology in a fun way that makes them confident, lifelong tech users, if that's what they want. Thank you for listening. I hope this podcast gave insight into digital literacy in public libraries and how we should be looking ahead for the future. Bye!